0: Come to black. Before the night falls, there is one more desk to visit. An open sketchbook, recto and verso. In the cottage not too far from the reservoir, sitting at a table inside the frowning eye of the damp room, she pours a fresh glass from the previous evening's bottle, And wipes the heel of her palm across the blank page. Recto and verso. On recto, she writes, the meeting point is always more interesting than the territories that are consequently coming together. The meeting is never a fixed point, nor is it a line. There is a border mentality that exists between lands, between people, Geography, language, societal allegiance are all negotiable in border territories. It makes them very interesting places to be. The same interior negotiations occur in art. On Verso, she draws a straight vertical line in brown ink. Her pen hesitates at the top and then the bottom of the brown line. What is this? It is a brown line on paper, neither figurative nor abstract. It suggests only a commitment to an as yet unidentified form. It could become the vertical thrust of a harbour piling, a telegraph pole, the edge of a building, a bottle. There is little in natural form that would take the form of such a straight line, however perhaps the plane where the shoulder of a leaning figure meets the wall. She brushes in softer lines retreating from the top and the bottom of the vertical, both toward the top right of the page. So the suggestion is now either one of mass or one of speed. This is the liminal border territory, introduced by three lines of different weight on a page, viewed as an emerging form. She consults a series of landscape illustrations, all featuring shorelines, sand, sea, sky, high-water marks lined with weed, crushed shells. Viewed on a page or across a room, the works appear entirely figurative. It makes pictorial sense as a plausible familiar scene and corresponds with what the viewer expects of a seashore. More closely viewed, the artist's hand is revealed, mostly to be merely suggestive. What from a distance appears to be a high tide line of seaweed left on the sand is revealed in isolation to be entirely abstract, a blackening of the paper. You, the viewer, have made the work figurative. The marks themselves or merely a solicitation of commonality. Giving a work a title can be the ultimate sleight of hand for the artist, or the musician, or the writer. She continues to gently swipe at the page with her pen and brush, all with straight lines, some vertical, some horizontal, darkening the hatching, eventually submitting to the forms seeming to wish to take representative shape. Down the Kirkgate hill, drift around the basin of the lower main street, rise again, black hill before you, drift again to the west into the vaults of trees, the fence where ripped red velvet twists in the brisk breeze. She reviews her working sketches of a still life, the shrapnel, broken blackbird egg, dead wasp, driftwood, stub of candle. Artists concern themselves with toothsome ruins. It is the architects who design the space around and within a structure of their own devising. She can conceive of nothing more arrogant than an architect. An architect's drawing is to inform and scale space. The lines mark the hard edge of their materiality. The artist employs lines where there are no lines. The lines represent only the edge of a subject in relation to its other planes or to its background. Architects form abstract space. Artists employ abstractions to mark division. A landscape is not about space. Suddenly, she is ambushed by a memory of her son sitting at a table. She turns the paper around for him and says, this is better for a landscape. He marvels at the empty page. With that remark, his mother had made the difficult bit easy. The work was half finished before he had begun. He draws a straight line an inch from the top of the page and another an inch from the bottom. This is the sky and this is the ground, he announces. She could, if she wished, have bumped his artistic and possibly his psychological development forward several months by taking him to the window and pointing out that the only line is where the sky actually meets the land. However, she says nothing, because she can see exactly what he has described. It is the sky and it is the land, and in those terms it is entirely plausible. Long ago she made these same marks herself and explained them in the same way until someone pointed out to her that there was no gap to be found between the land and the sky. A single line across the middle of the page, the sky above, the land below. What a reductive approach to make so little of this curious borderland. She takes a sheet of paper and draws two lines, one an inch from the top, the other the same distance from the bottom. What have we missed? She draws a line an inch from the top of a fresh page and a line an inch from the bottom. Now let us occupy ourselves in free moments with how we'd like to fill that mysterious expanse of space between those lines. Ever heard a wasp scratch wood? Ever been consumed by the hill that leans into your meditation with such seemingly malicious intent? I'm looking for Findlay. I'm looking for Murray. Ever heard a wasp scratch wood? Far above this blighted star, I can see the territory as a map, commanded over by the hulking mass of Black Hill. Like Jupiter's storm, it broods and darkens, and gives the impression of bleeding out the landscape features. Red moss, the reservoir, down through woodland thickets and grazing sheep, sighing barns and absent mares, to Glenbrook still and sullen and perpetual gloaming the lodge, the gamekeeper's cottage, the dry mill house. Each lonely desk with its solitary captain, from here, seem to work as a single organism trying to work through the problem. We have come so far. We measure the residual waves arising from the collision of black holes, right there at the limit of our imagination. We hold hands with ancestors across the detritus remains of millennia. But we cannot look death in the eye, and we continue to sit alone. Governed by the intimations of our own demise, we choose to ignore the divide between here and there. Like a child drawing a line for the earth and a line for the sky, we choose not to consider the gaping expanse between the lines. This is the bardo, she writes on her page. This is a call to Black Hill for a new book of the dead, Let us lead the line of the sky to the line of the earth and dissolve the mark in mists. Let no line contain or constrain the liminal territories of the living and the dead, a recovered moment of time measuring our discontent, the shape of music. We must learn to listen to the transition between territories always, the transition from solitude to marriage, the transition from childhood to adulthood. The transition from sleep to wakefulness, from where your dreams arise, from one ignorance to another, jump, it's only water. Plaster crumbles deep in the Valley of the Kings. In undisturbed chambers the hieroglyphs repose in absolute darkness. But Black Hill is calling its children into line, breathing in the dusk leaking out one clue after another to our disparate cast. The sun goes down on a night in October. A hill is breathing as she goes into labour. Thin blue vapour, dimly lit from within, coils up from open graves. The wisps roll and twist towards an empty reservoir. In the middle of the reservoir on cracked mud and flagstones remaining foundations of flooded homesteads from remote centuries remains of fish and sheep and children's bones eased through the mud from red moss a rider on a black horse riding a patched saddle of bible leather carrying wasp nest panniers the rider the midwife turns the mare to face Black Hill and begins to count the space between breaths. The moon is rising. There is no wind. The breaths are regular, but there is a key that has been disturbed somewhere far below, and other voices, other spells interfering with the purity of the process. The rider has a sense of open doors, weakened membranes, stretched sinews. Other works afoot, but what? Architecture? Alchemy? Engineering? The rider is not alone. The encroaching night is corrupted by multiple figures laying aside their solitary works, dressing wounds, enforcing fantasies, growing fictive substance around persistent memories, remaining sullen under police scrutiny. Each work of loneliness crawling along the misted paths, mulched undergrowth, grasping branches, each working in complete isolation, yet all with the common goal of approaching the space between the line of the sky and the line of the land. They live in hope that a child shall lead their work home, but each wanders farther into the dark, clutching close that which they have already lost long ago. The bardo is a cruel suspension and each in their lonely theatre contrives the image of a rider by an open grave in the deep moon shadow cast by Black Hill. If you don't know where to look you would have missed it, but the rider knows exactly where to look in the seething mass of darkness and soon sees the form of a figure descending the steep flank of the hill, disturbing sleeping grouse turning up the heather stumbling half-blind through the thickets. Rain begins to fall from the low night sky. The thunder rolls across the hidden clouds like a turn in troubled dreams. He holds out his hand to help Fuchsia navigate the now slippery path down from her ivy-strewn perch in the ruined tower. Something stirs in the leaves behind him and he turns his head just for a moment no more but when he turns back she has gone just a cold impression of absence left in the palm of his outstretched hand nothing left but the ache he uncovered all those years ago when she slipped hit her head and fell into the flood watching the figure begin to take form out from the shadow of the hill the rider can hear so many stories whispered in the shrinking distance between them Stories rising like blue mist from an open grave, all the stories vaporous, fine as mist, and lost in the colossal weight of an indifferent night. Yet still the figure approaches, the hill breathes, and the horse steps nervously, scraping at the mud with her hoof. Who's there?